0: Hello, dear one, and welcome to the Brave Path podcast. I am your host, Emily Bird. This podcast exists to empower the service led and soul centered entrepreneur. That's you who's looking for clarity, alignment, and empowerment along your business journey. Here we dive into all the things when it comes to the development of your most authentic offerings, overcoming the blocks and limitations we all face in business, upgrading your mindset. Dismantling limiting beliefs and outdated programming, knowing which steps to take next, and how to build this dream business of yours in the embodiment of both divine feminine and masculine energy, all while being channeled by your highest self. Yes, we get spiritual here and also strategic. I am your transformational business coach, facilitating the space for you to have the inner transformation necessary for the expansion in business you desire. Let's get into it. Okay, I am so excited about today's guest. I can't wait to introduce you to Vassandra. She is one of my peers that we met um, in a coaching certification program that we did. And it is such a gift to bring her on to the podcast today. Um, I cannot wait for you to have this conversation in your earbuds. So Vassandra is a trauma-informed life coach, spiritual writer, and speaker who is deeply passionate about helping people wake up to who they truly are and remembering what they're here to do. She blends ancient spiritual practices with modern psychology to write, Teach and coach about all things self development. Her website and blog, My Spiritual Shenanigans, has a global audience of over 200,000 annual readers. Linked in the show notes is her website. It's shenanigans.com Without any further ado,
1: here is Visandra yay she's here (laughs) welcome v
2: so good to have you same here thank you so much for inviting me emily it's such a joy Mm.
0: so we were just like chatting before i hit the record button and v was like um i think we should start recording now emily You're right. You're right. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Brave Path podcast. Visandra also goes by V. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and sharing your magic and your beautiful presence with our people, with our listeners here on this show. And I just wanted to start with just like an introduction. I obviously have introduced you, but who are you? A little bit more of your background, your context, your story. You are a coach. You do have your own business. You're also deeply rooted on your spiritual path. What can you just tell us a little bit about your story?
2: Sure. Um, It's like what you said, Emily, the moment the question comes, you're like, what aspect of my journey should I be sharing? (laughs) (laughs) But what comes to heart is I am from India. I've traveled back and forth between the West and the East. So a little bit of everything is a part of me. I at this point, just say I don't belong anywhere. I'm from everywhere. And I belong nowhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of my spiritual journey, it has been half a decade of just a lot of deep inner work and a lot of confrontation and liking God and not liking God and trusting the universe and not trusting the universe. But bringing it to the entrepreneurial entrepreneur I can't English today (laughs) it's (laughs) just front (laughs) um the funny thing is I did not know that I wanted to help people when my spiritual journey started back in 2017 but what I did know was I don't want this life the one that I had back then for myself (laughs) it wasn't enough and then eventually at some point the desire to share It was just the desire to share that led me into this zone of writing and then constantly talking about spiritual stuff to anybody that would listen Mm. to the point where i wanted to professionally professionally help people but the funny thing was the year after i had completed like a year of awakening a year of spiritual exploration i put out an instagram post saying okay i'm available to mentor and like i'm happy to share with people and I kid you not, at that point, I used to have three or four calls a week with people informally, just hours and hours. We would talk about our spiritual stuff and and I heard crickets. So <laughs> my journey as an entrepreneur started with crickets and just a <laughs> response. I was so triggered because I was like, I'm doing this for free for people. And it's not about the money, but it's like, I thought i was ready i thought the universe wanted me to do this and now here i am and there's nobody who would care less (laughs) i don't even know what that post read but like i'm sure it has the least number of interest from people ever
1: (laughs) that's my story that
0: is so wild and it's like you're already I'm already mentoring. I'm already holding space. I'm already connecting. But there's something about, I love that. I love this so much because uh, this is, uh, as I was just sharing with you, there is a huge part of the marketing and the messaging component, obviously, to building a business and especially in the online space that we have to learn and it's ever changing. It's constantly evolving. Marketing is like this age old body of work, but, and also it is modernized and evolving just like everything else in the world. So um, I know that that's one of my like biggest passions is helping the spiritual teacher, healer, leader, coach, entrepreneur, the one who feels like they are a guide for others, helping them, helping to empower their, their business journey through those simple shifts of like marketing and strategy and offer alignment and how you're presenting and positioning it. I I think I say it like on a weekly basis to clients, like it's not you. It's it's not you that you have crickets. It's just the messaging. It's just the marketing. It's just the strategy. (laughs) It's not you at all. So I love that. I love that. That was your first experience. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. what um that's really cool so what did you what what were like the next steps after that like how did you start working with people and do you do you consider yourself like both or and are you just are you are you more like a writer are you a coach like what archetypes do you identify the most with
2: um well to to the first part of the question which is like how the journey officially kicked off Mm. i had to really surrender this desire to actually help people um so that incident probably happened in like the january or february of that year and it wasn't until late november that Mm -hmm. i had a friend reach out and she's like oh you speak about all these things and you're really good at it um and there was like an inside joke that i want to do a ted talk someday about spiritual stuff and she's like like you totally can do it she was the first person to believe i could actually do that kind of thing Mm -hmm. still on the bucket list if anybody's listening um so essentially she invited me to do a workshop for her newly found cafe and through that six people randomly showed up and then the next time eight people showed up and it just kind of grew from there um and one of the people that was supposed to show up didn't because she couldn't come and she reached out on Facebook I share the story all the time she she sends me these messages of like conviction she's like you're it for me I know it like I'm going through a divorce and you're the one who's going to help me Mm. and I'm like I don't know anything about anything I don't know how you're expecting me to help you move through this like huge huge situation that's so tender Mm. but lo and behold she put her faith into the process and I did and we created this beautiful container together that allowed her not only to move through the divorce but embrace her spiritual journey and become comfortable sharing her spirituality with her parents because she was now living with her parents Mm. um so it was about yes coming into alignment with what i wanted but then realizing maybe it's a timing issue or there's something deeper i need to search or do before i can move into officially taking on that role and as i say it's, it's funny because Pretty much all of my life has worked that way, where it's like, I'm ready to get married, but no, it doesn't immediately happen. It took like one and a half years before I found the right person. Mm. Same as for having a kid. It's been one and a half years since we've been trying and embodying the role of a mother already, but it's like when it happens, it'll happen. Right. Yeah. Wow. So there's that piece. And then I forgot what your second question was. (laughs)
0: Uh, I asked archetypes, but I almost want to come back to that because there's something, there's some things you just said around, you said, lo and behold, we, we embrace, she surrendered and embraced the whole process as did I. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, and I love the power in that. And I, I see myself in that as well with just being a conscious guide, being a mentor, being a coach, being like a light being and holding the light for others. We call ourselves forward into, into like how, how I like to say it is being the embodiment of my work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I just had a client session before us, this meeting, And, and I, I candidly it's, she's one of my private clients and I candidly shared with her, like you call me forward, all of my clients, whether they're in my group or they're in my one-on-ones, like I am called forward every day by my clients to be the embodiment of my work, to be in my own sacred practice and purpose and action every single day. And to drop in deeper, deeper, deeper layers within myself. So I can fulfill that desire to serve
1: Mm.
0: on the outside. And I, and I, this is like the gift for me, this has been my gift of, of being an entrepreneur. As I was sharing, one of my mentors asked me earlier in the year, what, what's something you've done really well in your entrepreneurial journey, Emily. And I said, I haven't given up. And that was like the immediate response. I haven't given up and she was like go deeper what else and and it's that it, i i shared that i have held my spiritual journey and awakening and transformation in tandem with growing businesses and one led me to the next my spiritual path has led me into trusting myself as an entrepreneur and also awakening to My soul's purpose, what I'm here to do, how I'm here to share, how I'm here to lead, help transform, raise the frequency. I really believe that. And so I love that you experienced that with the very first client that you worked with, that you like it it was a summoning, right? It like calls you forward to step fully into it.
2: Yeah, that's so profound. I love the way that your mentor could see that there is more there and then when she invited you into that something unfolded for you in the way that it just it's like these retrospective questions always help pull out the essence of us that we kind of forgot to carry along the way because we were so busy in just creating the process Mm. you know what i mean it's like there's parts of you that were in power that you may have completely ignored Mm. and then it like 10 years down the line you reflect on that and then suddenly you're like wow i was that way i did that thing
0: yeah Yeah. without even like knowing it right in the moment you're just surrendering to it and you're just like all right i'm being led
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah like i mean to think about all the coaches that may benefit from listening to our conversation it's like Mm -hmm. in this moment if you were to remove whatever your next step is, whatever your goal is, and just look at you as this essence, this being that's here, that's ready to serve, that's Mm -hmm. available, whether somebody takes it or not, that takes strength, that takes courage, and not many people want to do that. Mm -hmm. Right? Not many people want to step out of themselves and give to the other. Right? And there's so much more to that. Every person's strength in that moment is very unique, but yeah, it's just something to think about.
0: I love that. I like how you phrase that. I something that I've always just been drawn to you personally, V, is that you are Indian, and for me, yoga and Ayurveda, the ancient practices of those two bodies of work and lifestyle and philosophy and way of living and way of being that has that has been the entry point for me on my spiritual path and also I am a western white woman you know and (laughs) I like in the beginning we didn't I didn't say where you're located um but you were saying I you know I've lived between the east and the west and all over and uh, what I was hearing was global citizen but um, you are located in Vancouver, Vancouver
1: right? Yeah.
0: Vancouver, Canada. Um, so you are in the you're so far west. You're almost east-ish. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> kind of <laughs> fair on the mainland, either. Anyway, um, but yes, it's. I, anyways, I, I. It's curious. I'm curious to hear your perspective, because I'm sure it's a beautiful one, on the balance of like, how how do we balance Western modernization, living in a capitalist society, being coaches, being entrepreneurs, charging for our work, right? How do we balance that with also the reverence of the, the spirit, reverence of the ancient practices, reverence for how deeply divine we are being in the channel and like how everyone should have access to this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yet we charge thousands of dollars for our services. How do we balance the divine astral realm with the 3D realm that we live on?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious to hear your
2: perspective. Um, It's a long journey into embracing that what you're charging for isn't, it's not that you're making this sacred thing non-sacred by charging. That which is sacred will always remain sacred. And you charging for it also doesn't taint your connection with it, but it's to say, while this thing that is astral or 5d or even beyond all realms you're still on the 3d plane while you're walking towards that infinite Mm -hmm. and while you're in the 3d plane there are functional requirements so for example if we look at the story of um siddhartha buddha Mm -hmm. right he was a king he was a prince and he chose not to have that lifestyle but could he have gone even a day without food or could he have gone even a day without begging
1: mm-hmm.
2: that begging whatever was put in his bowl he would make of it
1: mm-hmm. right.
2: that was his i would say that was his capacity mm-hmm. the, the word that comes to mind is that was his ability his capacity to be like If you give me a grain of rice i'm gonna and that's all i get to eat today i'm okay with that if you offer me meat even though i'm not a meat eater i'm still gonna eat that because it's my opportunity to respect you for what you've just given to me and for you to understand where i'm coming from so bringing that back to our context is we all have different capacities to serve we don't have to be enlightened or we don't have to wait to be enlightened in order to serve so I was actually coming up with this framework and I haven't shared it with anybody yet. But essentially, that enlightened being is somebody who not only knows their needs and knows how to fulfill, fulfill them internally, but has very limited needs. But we're not there yet. We have to start at step one, which is recognizing your needs, right? Um, humanity is disconnected from impulse they're disconnected from what we would call intuition Mm -hmm. but intuition is nothing but our biological ability to stay connected with the truth Mm -hmm. right this is authentic this is not authentic this is good for me this is bad for me we're disconnected from something as simple as I need to run to the bathroom right now Mm
1: -hmm. we
2: might delay our pee break for hours Mm. right so let's bring it back to step one recognizing our needs and as coaches that might be i'm running a business and this costs me there's infrastructure i'm hiring a va right my example was um and and for indian listeners they might know the conversion better i would charge 250 rupees per session that's probably five dollars
0: I was like is that like 18 bucks
2: okay (laughs) five (laughs) dollars whoa five dollars a session even for Indian standards that's nothing you can't get anything out of it and I would still get questioned why I'm charging five dollars that's a lot of money you're doing a sacred service and and there was something within me that was like no I shouldn't be charging this but then I think of that girl that spent 18 hours for two years straight writing away on her computer every single day, even Christmas night.
1: Mm.
2: And I made zero out of that, mm. right? I don't, I don't count those $5. Cause I was the one that was putting the money into my, into my website. That was a couple, couple hundred dollars every year, right? So it's like, I never considered my needs at that point. If you have the clarity on what it is that you're building then you realize either it's the cost to the consumer or it's the cost to the creator, Hmm. right? So, okay, well, let's recognize that. Mm -hmm. Your second step is now that you know, you have two options, either that need gets fulfilled through you as the creator Mm -hmm. or the need gets fulfilled through somebody else, which is your client, right? And this framework isn't only for money, it's for every aspect of life. Mm right but just keeping with the context of money now that I've recognized let's say I need to earn about a thousand dollars a month to bear my costs well okay I can take care of some of it through my own let's say I have a second job a lot of these coaches do have second third jobs right
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay I'm gonna take care of 500 and I'm gonna have one client that pays me 500 dollars a month that's my cost covered
1: mm-hmm
2: great now what's the third step Mm -hmm. is do I even need that much Mm. do I even need to charge um do I even need to pay my VA 500 or can I do it for 250 and take care of the some take care of some of her tasks and do them myself do I need to post on social media 10 times a day for which I needed the VA Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's where the minimalism that's where the monkhood really starts
1: oh
2: right okay and then it's step four Mm. like i don't really have that many needs and i'm taken care of and whatever i get is enough but we are miles away from there i'm still sitting on step one and two (laughs) (laughs)
0: wow how many steps are there five four so that the fourth one is the last one like I have what I need I'm taken care of yeah
2: it's like where you're truly embodying that enlightened version of yourself where it's like minimalism embodied needs aware of taken care of yeah Yeah.
1: wow
0: I just felt really excited like hearing that process and the excitement is it is in the energy of possibility. Oh, that's possible. Like that's, we can head there. We can go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that you're, you're nurturing this process and this framework to, to guide others and count me in. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for, for, for being in business, especially like, well, I don't know that. I don't know how much we've talked about this, but yeah, I owned a yoga studio for years and I had a really hard time with aspects of it. Not all of it. I, I loved teaching yoga and I loved helping new yoga teachers become certified and confident and empowered And also, like, I am fully aware of, well, not fully aware, but I am aware. I'll say I am aware. I am in the awareness of, like, being a, again, Western white woman teaching an ancient practice that is not mine. And I think something that, and this is kind of the conflict I had with the studio, was ownership was like the balance again wouldn't wouldn't the teachers want this to be shared especially seeing that it's bringing so much love and joy and awakening into the lives of others people are changing their lives because of this practice people are changing their lives because of asana because of meditation because of pranayama like and the other eight limbs knowing about the yamas and the niyamas and like wouldn't wouldn't the ancient teachers like from their heart want this medicine to be shared and so how can i this is the question that i the inquiry that i lived in during those ownership years of owning a business having the 3d responsibilities that living on the materialistic plane of having a business in capitalist America, like having, you know, the awareness of appropriation all the time, cultural appropriation and commercialization and all of it. Um, but, and also standing in the, the alignment of sharing the joy of yoga, sharing the medicine of the practice, sharing the wisdom and inspiring inspiring people through it and I would I would often be in that inquiry of isn't is this what they would want is this would they be happy would they be pleased would they be disappointed maybe both maybe there are teachers that would be disappointed maybe there are teachers that would be pleased Um, and ultimately I decided that it was not the business model I wanted I didn't want I didn't want to do it. I hit a revenue plateau. We hit a, a, hit a plateau. And in order to scale past the, the, we were right at the multiple six figure mark, right at the 200 K a year. And in order to scale past that, I, I was doing my research. I had mentorship. I had, you know, a coach and, um, a consultant who had, you know, grown seven figure studios. And in order to scale to that level, I was presented with strategies that did not feel good to me. Mm-hmm. And so I let it go. And I'm, I don't know, I just wanted to share that with you. I'm curious to hear like, What do you think the teachers would say?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about what you just did for a moment, because it's like, that's what the impulse was, Emily, Mm. The impulse Mm -hmm. was to stay true Mm -hmm. to you, true to what you knew. in despite the noise, right, like the noise was seven figures, this is the way that it works, you have to hit the next milestone. Um, And at one point you chose. To be less successful in the eyes of the world but stay true to the truth right and i think in terms of the teachers i don't know what they would be thinking but what i've seen in the limited knowledge that i have about the scriptures is that there was a reverence and a protection that was built around who it was shared with
1: mm-hmm.
2: and who shared it
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the reasoning my what i understand is is that this is really deep context and not everybody gets it mm-hmm. so for people that are laymen that may not understand the depth or not may not care about the depth of all of this right we used super simple stories like superstitions like don't wash your hair on x day because so and so happens now i've gone into a lot of these superstitious suggestions and I've recognized that they're not really about the punishment that happens if you wash your hair on a Tuesday but maybe there was something deeper there for example let's not waste water let's have one day where the water is just preserved Mm. you know the simple thing like the cat crosses the street well back in the day when people were out in the forests if they saw a cat cross the street then obviously you had to turn your wagon the other way around and run because there's probably more leopards and cats out there <laughs> but in our day and age we've made it to mean something super super unrealistic right but then again there's there's just like so much nuance there because like if you believe it's a black cat and it crosses and it's bad luck then maybe that's the omen from the universe that there's bad luck and you need to turn around anyway mm-hmm. but what I'm trying to say is What we're sharing, as long as we continue to educate ourselves Mm -hmm. and we choose to make the authentic choices the way you have been, I think we're doing justice to any form of art. Mm -hmm. It's not just these ancient scriptures, right? Like our coaching training that you and I have both been in together, Mm -hmm. we're going to adapt it. I'm sure that five years down the line, we're not going to be speaking very similar to the way what we learned. Yes. But it's going to be a part of us. Yeah. And if we choose to serve it with our honesty and with our education and with our continued nurturance of that education, then then we're doing it
1: justice. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. I love that. Thank you, V. I I feel, you know, even just being a year out from the program that we met in last year, the year-long 300-hour mastery coaching certification program, even just a year out, I feel so much integration in in my own expression and power and understanding and guidance through through that work, um, through our coach, Alyssa Nobriga's model. So beautiful. Um, okay, so this this kind of goes into the the essence. You introduced me to the philosophy Guru Dakshina. Is that right? Mm-hmm can, can, can you shed light on this? Because this is such a thing, um, in our, in our, let's say we call it, yes, the coaching industry, but overall arcing umbrella is, is, um, I've heard it called the wisdom industry. Mm. And I love that frame on the industry that our work and businesses live within. Um, so can you educate us on this philosophy?
2: sure um and i will say again this is with the very limited knowledge i have of the scriptures <laughs> so if there's anyone more aware that wants to correct or add to this they please may in the future
1: mm-hmm.
2: what i have learned about guru Dakshina is that you back in the day would go to an ashram to study with your guru right and that study was at all levels so it's like you know how do you do archery how do you learn the the profound sciences, the basic sciences, the math, the everything, right, you really learned and you stayed in school. But it was a very different kind of school. It was more like an embodied way of living. Mm. So day in, day out, you would live with your teacher, and you would help out the teacher by doing chores. So the students would clean the room, and they would cook the food, and everybody had responsibilities. So yes, accommodation was quote, unquote, free but you still had a part to play in running that accommodation. Mm. The second piece of it was that after you were done, after you graduated, your teacher, you would go down to them, you would bow at their feet, and you would say, what do I owe you? Because I owe you my life. Mm. And they may have a tall order for you where it's like, okay, we have a demon next door. Why don't you go slay the dragon? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and that would happen that was literally whatever price the teacher said you would pay it Mm -hmm. because you were paying it forward now what's changed in our modern times is that we first charge and then we deliver Mm -hmm. and I'm aware of that and I think that it's again it comes back to the framework I talked about these teachers were at step four in their journey or maybe step three Mm -hmm. right whereas we're at step one and step two where we're just beginning to identify the needs for ourselves and our businesses and sometimes those costs are very much upfront, um and we have bills to pay and it's recession period and there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's not about the money even for coaches that are in this space just the enormous amount of talk that's happening on the internet about being six figures and seven figures. And if you're not six figures, you're doing something wrong. The number of DMs I get, what are you charging for your services? Okay, I charge blank. Oh, that's not enough. You should be charging more. And I'm like, for who? <laughs> like, ask for who is this not enough? And ask for who do I need to charge more? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. That's where people feel disconnected from their truth. Because mm-hmm. That's where it is a sacred service. That's where you are being so vulnerable with somebody. You're telling them your whole life story. You're here to get support on the most tender parts of you that haven't been looked at ever. Yeah. And if you're met with this kind of niggling, where it's like, oh, like, you know, haggling. Sorry, not niggling. Haggling Or it's like, oh, no, no, you have to pay monthly and do this and do that that's logistics put that on the side yeah we'll talk about that tell me about you first yes what's going on inside of you and how can i meet you there and can i meet you there
1: mm-hmm.
2: and if i can't by all means you deserve the best coach in the world i can't be that for you right now here's the reference number go there
1: yeah
2: right so those are the conversations i believe we should be having have, having based on the guru Dakshana knowledge that we have now
0: Wow, 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 wow. So good. So good. I, there's so, there's so much here to like pull apart. And I hope that the listeners like rewind the last five, seven minutes of, of V sharing with us this philosophy. I love what you said that at the end of the day, it's not about the money and this kind of goes back to like the very first little part of our um, conversation where we were both professing how we surrender to the process and fully embrace our own journey while we ride alongside our clients and theirs. And it, it is, it is very tender. It's vulnerable. Coaching is vulnerable. Like, I think We live in, um, those of us that are coaches and, you know, a lot of our friends are coaches, right? Our peers, we're kind of in this like bubble of higher frequency, positivity, personal growth, commitment to, or growth centeredness, right? Like being in resourcefulness, being upgraded, constantly doing the work of upgrading it is it is somewhat of a bubble when we step out of that bubble in society i was speaking with a new coach yesterday and you know they were expressing to me how just educating what coaching is and 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 to to potential clients and prospects and how how to convey the work that they do and you know it, it was like a whole conversation around that. And it I reminded us in that space that we're kind of in this bubble of, you know, I'm a dream buyer when it comes to personal growth and development. I've, I've been investing in myself for 12 years. Like if I like you and I like your offer, here's my card number. I'm good. I buy. Um, And a lot of people aren't like that because they haven't been in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And so being able to have drop into our heart and our intention. And I love what you said, um, what is sacred will remain sacred. Being in that sacred channel in our sales conversations <laughs> and, and having having just like real authentic connection with people versus being pushed into the channel via scarcity or needing to prove or pressure i am a huge proponent of the bridge job <laughs> i know i know who i work with i work with new business owners i work with new entrepreneurs i work with people that just like me like most of us don't have the luxury of a lot of cash flow and capital when they're first starting out their business and instead of putting a ton of pressure and leading all that you do through scarcity get a bridge job (laughs) do something that is fun and light and enjoyable while you build your business because it's easier that way trust me (laughs) like having your bills paid and being able to to lead from your heart in your business is 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 such a better way I think (laughs) in my own opinion (laughs) um so I'm a huge proponent of that and But yeah, I I love what you said. Like, these are the conversations we need to be having. We need to be really seeing our prospects, our future clients, our potential clients. We need to really be seeing them in the possibility, in the light of possibility, in their wholeness and have heart-centered conversations with them, remembering that we are being of service. We're living a life of service. This is not who 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 makes the, who gets to the top of the seven and eight figure mountain the fastest like it's not about that
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I, I love that you point that out
1: yeah
2: yeah and i love what you're sharing about like these bridge jobs because like i don't know if i've ever told this to you but i had a corporate job for four four years of my journey right the first job i had was super like it was a dream job wearing those formal outfits and having these meetings and clients and all of that great stuff. But it, it wasn't enough, but the decision I made was to just quit and I'm okay with that decision because I had the blanket. My parents were my blanket. My partner was my blanket and he continued to be, he continues to be my blanket today um, Mm -hmm. for a business that isn't self-sufficient yet in many ways. So for coaches that, what I've noticed is our conversation, I've noticed this in myself. I don't know about you, Emily. I don't know if you will resonate, but when the money conversation is done, it's easier to show up. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, like now my need is taken care of. Now I can actually do the work.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Whereas what used to happen for me back then, and I really had to work through this, is I was always carrying this pressure and this like, oh, I need a client because I need bills to pay. Mm -hmm. so when I'm in a conversation with you I'm just looking for your yes Mm. and subconsciously my brain's just scanning your peripheral and being like okay is she going to be able to afford this um is this like going to convert and unfortunately that's not just me it happens with everybody because like you said we we may glamorize this business a little bit and we may believe that the results will come faster than they really do
1: Mm-hmm.
2: so I'm all about believing people can be six seven eight whatever they desire figure coaches mm-hmm. and Also, I believe you can have a full roster of clients I also believe you can have consistency but it takes time yes it takes a lot of time yes and nobody tells you that and it's work. Just... <laughs> you work hello you have to work like... like crazy you have to work on yourself yes. you have to work on clients you have to work on your business there's like just so much that you give into this and i was telling my partner literally last night Mm. on many days this feels like a one-way relationship where it's like you know like my business comes along and gives me a flying kiss and I'm like oh and I fall for it and then I just like give my heart out to it and then once in a while it'll smooch me but then just <laughs> I can't care about you and then it's just like ghosting me oh, oh. ghosting you? <laughs> yeah it's like there's no there's no mails coming in there's no new clients coming in so it's just like it's like ghosted right like the business is just <laughs> not present for me Mm-hmm. And that's the way it is. You have to have something and in your beautiful language, the bridge job mm. to be your anchor mm-hmm. in order for you to not feel this icky feeling all the time. Yes, And then for you to hire the right clients for yourself versus hiring the ones that will pay.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, what you're saying really resonates actually, um, you know, in the beginning, especially just I, I, almost like sad to say it, but getting on those calls, you know, seeing, looking for the dollar signs in the aura, you know, like <laughs> making sure that this is going to be a, a conversion that actually works and sticks, and and even like intuitively being aware of the red flags of like, is this really a client I want to work with?
1: Yeah.
0: But I need the money, so here we go. Yeah. And and you know, we can from this zoomed out aperture. Like we can see it like, Oh no, that that's not a sustainable way to lead, to serve, to build. And I love your vulnerability sharing that. And I'll echo it. I'll stand next to you and say, yeah, (laughs) I believe we all do that. You know, I believe we all, I did it in my hair salon. Mm -hmm. I did it in my yoga studio. Like I, I think that's, in its own, in its own fashion. Right. I've, i you know, I think we do that Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I just, I wanted to echo that, that, that has absolutely been part of my experience and Mm -hmm. I will share that I've had, I've had a lot of different teachers when it comes to sales. Mm -hmm. And I really, I, I like to, I'm going to just say that my sales process is my own and Mm -hmm. a lot of it is internal. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I love strategy. I love making sure that my strategy is aligned with my vision. And um, most recently the past couple of years, especially in my journey as a business owner and businesswoman, um, has been the deep dive, understanding, demystifying, decoding, marketing, messaging, really understanding like what people buy and for the longest time. I didn't think marketing applied to me. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds crazy. Uh, but you know, my earlier businesses, especially my hair salon, it was totally built off referrals. I didn't do any like advertising marketing for that.
1: Mm-hmm. People
0: just knew me. They came to me, they referred me 20 of their friends, whatever. Um, and then my yoga studio, we did, we did some like, you know, organic just in the community marketing. I was a Lululemon ambassador, so I got a lot of visibility through them and their collaborations. And again, like word of mouth referrals and Mm -hmm. being in the community was how I grew that organically, how I grew that business and um, could have done way more with it, Mm -hmm. but that I just, I was doing what I knew at the time. And so it was when I started my coaching business, which I started it to be an online business to not have brick and mortar overhead to have you know virtual freedom flexibility location it was in that when I started that work in 2019 oh gosh like I really don't understand marketing at all (laughs) it's nowhere in my business and it's actually now here we are at the end of 2022 like marketing is everything when it comes to business um and What I've grown to love about it is it's psychology. A lot of it is like psychology, understanding your buyer and understanding how your offerings and how you position and present your offers are aligned to the psychology of your buyer and meeting them where they are in a psychological, empathic, emotionally attuned way. Mm -hmm. And that really resonates with me as a person. So I've had a lot of people teach me sales and I feel like my sales process really is my own and sometimes it's it's like a yes right now and sometimes it's a in three months Mm -hmm. sometimes it's no sometimes it's maybe later and I have been able to have peace I've been able to create peace and understanding and embody the okayness around it all, whether it's a yes, three months, maybe later, or not at all, I am good regardless. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that is that kind of agency and power, personal power and sovereignty. I think it's missing for a lot of people Mm -hmm. in their sales process and just the whole relationship that they have with their business. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's definitely one that I've had to, in the 10 years of owning businesses, that I've just now recently come into in the past few years, past Mm -hmm. couple of years, past 18 months, 12 months. Like it's, it's been a journey for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe it's available for everybody. I believe that okayness and that peace is available. And so when I had someone tell me a couple of days ago, they're going to be ready for me in March of next year, I celebrated that. Mm -hmm. I celebrated just as much as the client who a few hours later paid their invoice for their first package. Like I celebrated them both equally because it's, it's a yes. And it's a yes. And, and, and I, the ones that are like, no, I celebrate those two because yeah. we know what it's like to not be in alignment with people as well. And, and, and it's not that it's, oh, I have a nightmare client. Why did I sign this client? It's, what you said it's what you said it's there's someone else who could be holding you so much better than me
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so I I w- I hope that this conversation that we're having can really empower the ones listening to trust their process where they are
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I, maybe you could tell me like what of the four steps what step is that to be like in the okayness and trust of the process. Yes, no, maybe so maybe later. What's I love it. that.
2: So let's just do a recap real quick, right, of what yeah are. The- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first step is essentially recognizing what the needs of your business are, and what your needs are personal needs as well. And then to charge based on that. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, to make it even more refined, your second step is to recognize those needs can be met twofold. One is yes, of course, the people will pay. So for example, if the monthly need was $1,000, sure, you could have two clients that pay you $500 a month. Or if you're not getting that second client this month, then how can you in- be internally resourceful? Mm. So like your bridge job, in that yeah. case pay that $500. Um, or then you recognize the third step, which is, wait, do I even need to have that expense? right? So it's like your need to rely on external resources becomes smaller and smaller, Mm -hmm. because you become very refined in your process. Yeah, And you recognize, okay, I don't need 30 social media accounts, I don't need to have um, that much ad money being that much money being put into ad marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need to run that many campaigns. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, like I was paying personally, I was paying $600, I think a year for buying these like really elegant photos. Um, I wanted to support a spiritual stock site. And I did that for a year. And then I recognized I wasn't leveraging it enough at this point. Mm -hmm. so I completed my contract with them, right. So it's just once you recognize at the third step, that your needs are less, then you need to work less to fulfill those needs. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth step, which is in my eyes enlightened is what you're saying, it's the okayness of well, you know, ends are going to be met when they're going to be met. I'm okay. I'm taking care of myself. I'm self-sufficient. In the terms of a business, I don't truly feel we can say that we would be self-sufficient, but it would just be the perfect mix of I've got this and you've got this. Mm -hmm. And if we don't got this, God got this. (laughs) I love
0: that.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. So that framework is brilliant. And take notes, everyone and all of you listening, you, dear listener, take the notes. That is so good, V. I love that you shared that.
2: <sighs> I'm called to put together a workshop around this outside the context of coaching. It's just like
1: mm-hmm.
2: like I said, this framework originated beyond coaching. It was just our own needs as a person. And like if I think about the the processed enlightenment my challenge with the scriptures is that they're very high level and mm-hmm. I'm a beginner I don't know how to be enlightened today yeah. but if I could create a process for myself where it's like it's possible mm-hmm. I reverse engineered in my lens enlightenment and then that's what I've come up with so I think like it, it is a model that we could all apply to all aspects of life
0: it's beautiful and the teachers would be proud the teachers are proud and i think this is one of the biggest parts of the journey in the spiritual journey in a modern world that has so much modernization i mean from the wi-fi signals throwing at us every day to DoorDash to, you know, like (laughs) just all of the, all of everything in our, in our modern world, um, to be able to return home to ourselves and, and to the ancient teachings and how can we apply them and integrate them in today's world? Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing parts of your aspects, your integration, your journey, This has been such a good conversation. I think we need a part two sooner than later.
2: Oh, sure. Let's do it. We've got something interesting in the works on my okay. side.
0: <laughs> I do. And your side. So if if you're available for it, how can people, um, your website is linked here in the show notes, uh, myspiritualshenanigans.com. My com. Yeah. Right. Yeah. but how, how can people work with you or get to know you more? I'll also make sure I have your social linked as well, but yeah, sure. tell, us, tell us more about how people can get in touch with you.
2: Um, I'm super accessible. So if you wanna email me, I'm available for that. If you wanna set up a one-on-one call, there's a contact form. You can just reach out and we'll set up something there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Instagram, that's the only platform I'm kind of actively pursuing at this point if you want to have just some simple monthly doses of spiritual insight, I've got a newsletter that's free. You can sign up through the blog. Um, but yeah, like my is the home is mm-hmm. the online um, version of my that. essence and everything else is just branching out from there. Ugh,
0: beautiful. Yeah. Are you accepting clients at this time?
2: I am. Yes. I do have space for, I take on a few clients at a time. So I do have space right now. And whoever wants to walk into this space, it would be my joy to serve. Mm,
0: So beautiful. So beautiful. V, thank you so much. It is such a light, full, joyful experience to be in your presence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show, (laughs) for sharing your wisdom. I can't
2: wait for next time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you as well, Emily. I had a blast. I think we had some really interesting and random conversations come up, which I did not plan. And I probably am going to regret some of them, but I'm happy that they're out there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know it's like this is called the brave path for a reason it, it, it is a brave path to share and to lead it through our vulnerability and I I feel nothing but power and strength and authenticity from you and I know that that will be um felt through every single wave that this plays through
2: amazing thank, thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you all for being here and we will see you next time. Yeah.